Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, you little people. Welcome back, Mindset to Mike, episode number ocho. That's oh, you got it. I'm nailing it. I'm getting a little more uh, little more Spain-Portugal by the day, baby. What are you going to do when you start getting the double digits and shit? I'm completely not prepared for that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I got to find, uh, <laughs> find another ethnicity, I guess. Um so we're back, episode eight. We are. Uh, this is a good one. This is. We got our first guest on this episode, um, and we will we'll get to him in a minute. But uh, the the reason we have him on is we talked a little bit in the last episode about uh, fear setting, and we talked about kind of what that is. So, um, and and the guest today has some experience, some pretty major experience with that. So. That the idea of that is is from um, Tim Ferriss's podcast uh, that w- that we listen to a lot and the books we read and uh, it, it's not at all his idea. I mean, a bunch of people refer to it by different things, but the thought process is, you know, before any any risk or task or you know, like a new job or anything like that, when when opportunities come across. Um, and people have, have a tendency to say no, because they, they're, they're thinking about the risk and the fear that they have in, if they fail. So let's say like, uh, you know, I get an offer at a new job tomorrow. Um, people have a tendency to not completely analyze, uh, their fear of that risk. So it would be, for example, man, I don't know about that job because what if I'm not good at it? And, uh, and and then I'm really comfortable now. What if I'm not good at that new job and then I lose it, you know, so they don't take that risk or that opportunity. So what fear setting is all about is looking at that opportunity or that risk and, and diving all the way down into what your fear is in your absolute worst case scenario. So like critical fail. So if I take that new job, uh, I'm afraid that I won't be good at it. Well, what happens if I'm not good at it? Then I lose my job. Okay, well, then what? Well, then I, I don't have a job. Okay. Well, well then what? Well, I would probably lose my house. Okay. Oh, and then, then what? How bad can it get? So, well, my wife still has a job, right? I still have my kid, you know, we're still married. We're still good there. We could probably stay with a friend, you know, we wouldn't be on the street. So absolute critical fail of this opportunity or risk is, you know, live still having a roof over our head somewhere and still having my family just, and still having my skills, which is most important. So I can still, I can, I can pick myself up. You know, it, it's the, the fear isn't that bad. Absolute fail isn't as bad as, as people make it out to be. Yeah. So there's a really good Ted talk on this one uh, from Tim Ferriss. And, and the basis of this whole concept kind of stems from uh, stoicism itself and just being able to, you know, break things down. And there's a structure behind it all that um that you would do so there's three different parts of of fear setting so the first page would be you know what if i blank and that blank is your fear and then you break that down into three categories 
the first category is define. So you'd have one through 10, you define uh, the fear that would be attributed to the decision you're, you're going, you're thinking about making. And you go to the next category, which would be prevent. Then you have, you know, a list of 10 things that you could do to prevent those things from happening, those, those fears from happening. And then the last category would be repair. So if, so one of those 10 things did happen, uh, how, what can you do to repair it and how much of an impact does it really have? So that would be like the first page. And then the second page you would go into um, define the benefits of an attempt or partial success. So even, even if everything else, some things did go wrong, it wasn't exactly what you expected, but you know, to pick apart what actually the positive that came out of the success and what, what, what positivity can you gain from making this decision? And then the last page would be the cost of inaction. And then you break that down in six months, a year, and three years from now. If you don't make this decision, you know, how will it impact you going forward? You know, that could be like, like a job opportunity. Say you said no, um, and six months down the road, you still hate where you're at. You hate everything about, you know, so you're, you're procrastinating your own success in a sense. Um, so this is a good exercise, I think, overall, just to, to do a deep dive into potential fears and stuff that, that you think exist. Initially, a fear, just leaving your comfort zone, will, is enough to shut people down from making decisions. But if you actually take the time to go through it all down to the wire, it's probably not as bad as you think. And, and the cost, you know, the benefit at the end outweighs the cost to make the initial decision up front. Yeah, that you nailed it. And that's, that's a really detailed way, you know, to get all the way down to it. You, the, the, from 30,000 feet, it's just identifying that fear, um, and, and boiling it all the way down to, you know, really worst case scenario. And then, and understanding, uh, really understanding worst case scenario, and then also understanding the impact of making that decision positive, if you made, if you decided to do it, what impact that could have on you. So you're missing out on the positives and then also understanding the negatives. And I think that if you do that, I mean, I, I have some experience with it, but if you do that, you know, you, you kind of always realize that the fear is really kind of stupid. Yeah. And it's not necessarily always something that, I mean, sometimes it's always what, what you, what you think other people are going to think about you. Or what, because you're doing it, you know what I mean? So that's a huge barrier for a lot of people is other people's opinions because they don't want to look stupid or want to be made fun of or, you know, whatever the case is. Yeah, for sure. And it makes me think of, um, you know, I see this a lot with in the business world with people and public speaking. You know, you get people who don't who don't do any speaking in front of in front of others or groups and an opportunity comes about where they need to and they're like, this is the worst thing in the world, you know, like there's absolutely no way I can do it. I suck at it. Um, and, and they, they just won't take that opportunity. And, you know, really all your really work critical fail there is. So you, you did a terrible presentation. The people that were listening didn't get from it what you intended and you're back to doing your regular job tomorrow. You know, it's not, you know, you don't get fired from the most of the time you wouldn't get fired from talk, not doing good talking in front of people, but people are deathly afraid of talking in front of other people, but they just That's like one of the biggest fears there is in the corporate world, I think. Yeah. And I, I talk about that with people a lot that, that are nervous about that. And it's like, 
specifically with I'm going on a little tangent here, but specifically with public speaking, you no one wants to be the person speaking in front of the group. Like they're few and far between somebody that loves doing that. So uh, nobody enjoys doing it. So nine times out of 10, everybody in the crowd is thinking, dude, I'm glad it ain't me up there. So no matter how bad you think you do, I've never seen somebody not end up with some applause and uh, you know, good job, man, because it's a, it's good job. Thanks for even getting up there. Yeah. That's what people understand is they, you know, they, they wouldn't, they're not the ones up there, but they can put themselves in like, thank God I'm not up there kind of thing, you know, cause they have the same fear. Most of them. Yeah. So fear setting with that and critical fail there is again, you did bad, but people still thought you did okay, which is really like, why would you, why would you ever pass that up? And the right. upside is, you take on some more responsibility. You look really good for your brand, all those things. Um, it's experience, you know. Exactly. So that brings us to Mr. Justin Maxim. Now, he, he's uh, we have him on today. He's a friend of both of ours. Maxim, say what's up to the people, dude. What up, what up? Speaking of fear, by the way. I'm actually number one on Jimmy's list. He's <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So before I tell you who, how, Maxim, how I know him and who he is, I will tell you that I, I'm going to do my best to uh, kind of temper how much I want to make fun of him and talk shit to him through this thing because we have a unique relationship. We're really, really, really good friends, roommates um, back in the day, and uh, we just kind of always tear each other down. <laughs> so... It's kind of a healthy thing, really, but uh, we're always tearing each other down. So for the purpose of kind of getting this point across, I'll try to, you know, refrain from calling him a piece of shit every couple minutes. I'll try to scatter him a little bit throughout. Um, And anyway, Maxim. So I met Maxim, this guy, and he was friends with my cousin, um, Tony, back in the day. So I high school was over. Dude, it was actually ten years ago, dude. I was thinking. About was it really day. this last Memorial Day? Yeah, last Memorial Day. Oh, that's kind of creepy. And you're still a douchebag. Yep. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I promise. So, uh, ten years ago, um, I was living with at my mom's house, and this is kind of random, but I I was on the way back from golfing one day with a buddy of mine, and there there was like some dogs for sale at this yard sale, and I just like I bought one and my mom was like, you can't have a dog here. Like I already have a dog, all this stuff. You, you'd have to move out. And I'm like, Oh crap. Right? Who's selling a dog at a yard sale? Anyway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, but it was, a, he was a, she was a cool dog, man. It was a, it was like 50 bucks. It was cheap. Um, I, I don't know, dude, I just fell in love. So I bought her and then my mom's like, you can't stay here. So I'm like, crap. I was talking to my cousin, Tony, and he's like, well, you can crash here for tonight at his house with his parents. So I, I go over there with the dog, and there was like a somebody's birthday or cookout or graduation party or something that day. And Maxim was friends with Tony. Uh, he was over there, and we were just talking, and he was like, you know, um, round, in a roundabout way, I, I got an open room at my spot. I, I need a roommate, and I'm cool with your dog, so... Uh, that was it, dude. Moved in like a couple days later, right? Yeah, it's Memorial Day around the right, yep. around there. So then we uh, moved in, roommates, got to know each other, um, and obviously been friends ever since. Um, Drew, how about you and you and Maxim? Yeah, I think it was um, 
not too long after you moved in, when you guys started having them bangers parties. Oh. When we had we had a summer. we had a party the one time, and some some dude thought me and Drew, me and Drew were joking around about doing drugs, and uh, like obviously not real. We were just saying like because the guy didn't know us, and he's like, "You guys, I don't know you guys," and you're hanging out with Maxim, and we're like, "Well." We were quoting that movie. What was the movie? Was it Get Rich or Die Trying or something? Something like that. We just started oh, talking yeah. about doing coke and like buying coke and selling coke and like trying to show this guy that we are really bad influences on Maxim, even though none of it was true. Well, he believed it because he was hammered. Yeah. Freaked out, was trying to fight us. It was this whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's uh, that summer shortly after when you moved in. Uh, just come over to parties and stuff, and that's where I met Maxim. Back in this, yeah, and then we would go, we would go downtown. Like, what was that? Where you guys live off Kling? On Kling, yeah, 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 that house. Downtown yeah. Akron, yep. Yeah, you guys would come over and we'd walk downtown, be young thugs, you know. So, Maxim, why don't you uh, tell the folks here uh, who you are, what you do right now, and then we'll get into the background and why we have you on. All righty, so. I'm Maxim, and you know, this is funny, because, like, since I've known you guys for so long, that most people know me by Maxim back home, but, like, now, I introduce myself as Max, so, like, everybody from back home would probably find that. Oh, that is weird. But, uh, yeah. I noticed that. So, like, no, no, nobody out here calls me, calls me Maxim, uh-huh. which is interesting. But, uh, now I'm out here in fucking Phoenix with Drew now, and, uh, you know, because Jimmy's a little bitch, and, uh... He's going to stay in Here we go with that. Here we go. See? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now I'm out here. I work at a restaurant called uh, Wrestler's Roost Bartending for now. But uh, trying to get this media company going, J-Max Media, doing video production. And eventually, I'd like to have that grow to do basically all media. You know, social media, still photography, anything that you'd want to get done for your business, have it all in one spot. Yeah, so Maxim is um... – he is a guy – he, like, totally made the leap, which is why we're having him on here. Um, and he is he, – you know, he was, like, had a real comfortable position. He, he was doing good out here and then kind of wanted to follow his passion. So he – the whole fear-setting thing did it. Um, and then – and now he moved across the country and he's got a bunch going on. So we'll get into that. Um, and I, I was going to – and he's gone. And we just lost him. Son of a bitch. He gone. So Maxim is also, um, he also does a little podcasting. And he's actually, he's way into the same stuff Drew and I are into with the whole uh, development and, and setting goals and all this kind of thing. Maxim's into the same stuff. So we talk about this pretty often and reading and all that stuff. Um, he's like our, he's like our, our weird self-development brother that like nobody wants to be around in public but (laughs) (laughs) but so anyway maxim let's go back let's go way way back in the time machine the mindset to mike time machine and you were in akron and you were a mailman oh yeah god the mailman days started there well first off my mom and dad worked there so it was kind of like a family thing but uh it was only supposed to be a summer job that turned into four years because the money was good and I was young. So started there at 19 till the age of 23. And, you know, at that time when I started, I was 
pretty money driven, I'd say. So that's why that's why I stayed for the four years. Um, but as those years went on, and I was working probably, I'd work six days a week, some on average, sometimes seven. As time went on, it kind of wore on me, and I was very observant of my surroundings. And the closest guy in age to me was like 40 years old. Everybody else was probably in their 50s. And they were all like broken down, hurt, you know, could barely do their, could barely do their job. Um, and they were all kind of miserable. And I was like, wow, well, I don't, I don't want to be miserable like these dudes whenever I'm their age. So I knew like this wasn't like the future for me. So I knew, I knew at some point I had to, I had to bounce and I, I made that happen. So what's interesting about that to note is that Maxim was like balling at that time, because obviously, you know, if you're in the, if you're in that industry, they make pretty good money and especially compared to everybody our age. So Maxim was like working a lot, but making way more money than everybody else in our friend group, I would say, and probably age group in general. So that was like a, um, you know, everybody looked at him at, at that age, you know, 19, 20, like, man, you're, you're doing the right thing, dude. You gotta, you gotta stay there. You're making all this money. Yeah, I mean, I was, but I was like, there, there's other, I was super imbalanced though. So like, you know, fuck, we partied so goddamn much, but like help, my health was fucking su- suffering. Um, and I was just not, I, I, I just wasn't happy. Really. I don't know if I ever showed that, but I was fucking miserable when I was there. And everybody, th- I, everybody thought I was crazy for leaving the post office, but everybody also has that same mindset that I'm that like employee mindset, you know? Yeah, I think that's that's a big part of it, man. You you can only force yourself to do something. You know, the money is not that big of a motivator when it comes deep down to your true happiness, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad I got that experience because without going through that, I I think uh, I still would have been – money would have been like the most important thing when really, you know, it's, it's not. Like now the way I look at it, I don't really worry about money. You know, because I feel like it's going to come no matter what. At some point, I, I focus on other things. Yeah, I think I think that's the right way to go too. So if we were to just just picture that moment where you're, if there is a, a moment you could define that was like the trigger to where you're like, I'm doing this. Can you could you uh, describe that when I'm when I'm when I left? Yeah, like when you made the decision, like I'm out. Well, you, well, you quit the post office actually. Son of a bitch, dude. What the fuck? This guy. Are you on uh, 2G or 4G, dude? 4G, man. You on that dial-up, bro? Okay, little technical difficulty. Uh, Maxim is using dial-up internet, and his mom keeps trying to get on the phone. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're back. So real quick, you know, you made a really, I think, a really good point that I want to touch on before Drew asked that awesome question was – you talked about how you you are glad you went through that experience with at the post office and and how bad it sucked and that employee mentality um, because you know you kind of you use that as a driver for you today so that that crappy experience rather than it being man that sucked it's no that it did suck but that's cool and that's what drives me to go in a different direction today so you you use that kind of like a tool now to keep you going in a different direction which I think is awesome. 
Um, and and it's weird when I say good stuff about you, but, uh, all right, go ahead, Drew, hit him with that question. Yeah. So, so if you could think back, is there a defining moment that was like, this is it, like, this is the last straw, like, I I just can't do this anymore or whatever. Uh, do you recall? Yeah. Well, so what a lot of people don't know is the first couple of years that I was working at the post office, it was a really hostile work environment because our supervisor who I actually known for many years through my mom working at the post office because she worked at the same office. His name was Mike and this dude we everybody thought he was on drugs because he would be in he'd have these really dark circles under his eyes and he would be really he would just yell at everybody every morning. Just it was really hostile. He was just a fucking dick. And he would go to lunch, which sometimes would be like a three hour lunch break, which is you know ridiculous. It was, it was, it was <laughs> just really snitch. weird. Just snitching on Mike, dude. I hope he's not a listener. I don't give a fuck. I used to want to beat that dude's ass every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All but, right. Uh, but he actually did get busted for uh, – he was delivering express mail in his Jeep, right? And the postal police, yes, there are postal police. <laughs> they were fucking tracking his ass for a while. Oh, and uh, he got caught cutting up these pain patches, like morphine patches. Because if you cut them, it's a felony. He was cutting them and chewing them while de- delivering express mail. What the hell? Yeah, but he didn't get fired because he's a veteran, so they just moved him to a different office. But was it making him deliver mail faster? Uh, I don't know. A three-hour lunch break. Yeah, maybe man. Maybe. Zonked out. What I'm saying maybe. is you, if you're chewing these things, maybe it was just mail until Mike got involved. Mike started chewing these. Then they're like, okay, this is called express mail now. This dude is flying. And then they're like, <laughs> take as much of a lunch as you want to, dude. You've delivered 2,000 Amazon packages today, you freak. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but this dude, uh, he, made, he made it really hard those 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 first couple of years. Like nobody, I mean, you had people walk out on him, you know, and it was just it was it was a crazy time. So it got a little bit better, but it was just really stressful, man. It just was uh, repetitive, and I I always I think whenever I started, you know, because Jimmy and I we even we kind of always had like business ideas. We just didn't live the right lifestyle to actually go through with, with the ideas that we had for sure. And, uh, so that, you know, I'd sit on my lunch breaks a lot at the post office. Like, what is it that we could do? You know, I always had that, like that thought, you know, but, uh, one thing that I wanted to do right out of high school that I never got to do was, you know, play football because I went about the recruiting process, like really in the wrong way. I just didn't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So I made up my decision that when I left the post office, I was going to go play football you know, I was 23 at the time, so I knew, like, if I if I was going to do it, I had to do it then. So that was kind of, like, the deciding factor. Like, I guess, I guess, like, looking back, I guess it was a goal, right? So I was like, I'm going to play football. I don't care how much it costs. I'm just going to go play. So there was obviously a worry, though, about, I mean, it had to have crossed your mind about, well, man, you know, what if, dude. Oh, my God. All right. You ready to rock and roll? Yeah, I forget where you we were at. I got it. I took notes. I'm a fucking professional. Oh, okay. Well, you look homeless. Uh, says you. You look thinner than usual, but with fat shoulders, which is weird. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. So when you were leaving the post office, there had to have been some nerves involved, like like a, you know, obviously you knew you wanted to go try football, which you were passionate about um, while you still had time, but like, do you recall, and maybe you don't, but do you recall the feeling 
or the moment when you were like, I'm, I want to leave, but shit, like, what if, what if, you know, I, I don't find something as good as this? Did you have any of that? No, I actually like looking back, I, I don't, I don't think I had that fear at all. I was just excited for that next step to, to go play ball. That's the only thing I was really focused on. So all the other, like maybe, I don't know if you want to call it negative, but all the other shit, like, I don't think was in the back of my mind. I was just really focused on what was, you know, coming. What was the plan career wise? I like for school, like what I was doing in school. Well, yeah. Like after football, what, uh, what was the? well, I was going for physical therapy. So I was there. I had to do an undergrad in uh, psychology with an emphasis in science. Cause they did, they, you know, they didn't have, I would have went there and then went somewhere else for the, for the physical therapy. But um, that changed very quickly when they first semester they threw me in uh an ochem which is a hard class for everybody usually and it was like the hardest fucking at a d what i did i think i got a d it's the hardest d i ever studied for in my oh, life <laughs> <laughs> nasty uh set myself up for that one <laughs> so you're you're studying for the hardest d you ever took um and, and then <laughs> Uh, so, okay. So let's go forward a little bit, I guess you were, um, you did your football thing. Um, what were you doing when the, the, you know, we, we've covered, I guess, one major jump where you analyzed the, the risk involved and made the jump anyway. And then the next really big one is, uh, you know, the big move. So can you kind of explain where you were and how that, the move out to uh, Arizona came about? Um, so, you know, at the time I was, you know, bartending and, you know, it was kind of where I was at was getting kind of old. And when I left, I was what, 26. So we all, when we all lived together, we talked about it numerous times, maybe moving to San Diego, that kind of thing. And I knew at the time that if I was going to do something like that, that it had to happen then. Of course, that's what I told myself. I told myself it had to happen then. And if it didn't happen, then then it would probably never happen. So I started getting the mindset of like, all right, let's, let's make this happen. I'll try San Diego. You know, I had, so I had mutual friends I worked with who sister lived in San Diego and we were planning it out to, you know, be roommates and do all that thing, but out there, but it, uh, it kind of fell through and I probably would have been homeless <laughs> if I would have went to San Diego because it is expensive as fuck. Uh, but I had one friend in Phoenix who, I, I mean, I say friend, but honestly, I, I had only known him maybe like maybe six months prior. So he was like, hey, come to Phoenix and, you know, you can crash here or whatever. I was like, fucking sweet. So I just changed the plans instantly once San Diego fell through. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go to Phoenix. I think it's just desert. I didn't I had no idea that Phoenix was what top five biggest cities in the U.S. Yeah. Had no clue. Just like I said, I thought it was fucking desert, but I was down, you know, just for a change and figure shit out. So there was no, you know, that decision, there was certainly no, you weren't even thinking about the downside. You were like, I'm going. Right. Right. And, and, you know, that didn't come till later. Cause like, which I think it's kind of a good thing to, to be in that mindset. And then like, but sometimes you get brought back down to reality a little bit. Like I didn't know it was, it was a long time that, I actually had to apply for jobs and shit. So that whole process of getting a job was that was actually kind of fucking hard. Oh, you know? Yeah, a whole new 
my move was super secure and planned. You know, it's like it was for an opportunity, you know, expenses paid kind of deal. Um, you, you're just like, I'm, whatever I could fit in this car, I'm fucking just rolling riding out. Right. Well, you know what? What's cool about that is you. So you were you weren't doing the fear setting. You weren't analyzing fear, thinking about critical fail at all. You were just going, but um, which is optimal. You know what I mean? That's that's ideal. But even if you had what do you think, you know, looking back today, if that did not work out, what was absolute worst case scenario for you? I mean, worst case scenario would have been moving back home. And I mean, I could have always lived, I could have always moved back in with my mom, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Um, I definitely could have made it work. And like, you know, just growing up there, having connections, like I, I could have found something like coming, coming back was not, you know, I wasn't worried about that. Yeah, yeah because you, you lived there you knew years and you know exactly so without even thinking about it you knew that what it worst case scenario i got a place to stay if i come home absolute critical fail i'm coming home i'm crashing with my mom and i can find something to do to earn some money right you know what i mean so you were so comfortable in that that you didn't even need to address it yeah but when i cool. when i when i got there like i said man finding a job was pretty rough you know, cause I, I was looking at my resume and going over all that shit and I'm like, well, fuck this resume. I mean, I look at my resume and I'm like, well, this fucking kind of sucks. So what's, <laughs> what's an employer going to think? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it took, it took a while. I mean, shit, the first, I want to say the first couple months, I mean, I got really close to running out of money before I got hired anywhere. And yeah, uh, I was going to ask you if you had like, um, some kind of like cushion that you came out here with in order to like eating shit (laughs) yeah i I had a little i had a little bit it wasn't it wasn't a ton um the job searching became like a job in itself yeah Uh, i can see that but i i i got lucky i i found a i found a reebok store which you know reebok is a sponsor of 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 crossfit and i was in that world so one of my goals with being so close to california too was to try and somehow you know, go to the CrossFit games because it was a five hour drive or whatever. And, you know, Reebok popped up. I was like, shit, I wonder, you know, they, they're always at the games maybe. And then I could meet like a bunch of like CrossFitters. I go into the store and stuff and that's, that's my area. So I could sell that shit. You know what I mean? So went in there, got an interview and, uh, you know, was pretty, was hired that day. So, and, uh, even and like, like I said, like that, the goal that I had, like going in to Reebok is actually, like, like reflecting on what's happened over the past, because it'll be four years in October since I moved, which is pretty crazy. But like reflecting back, like all the things that had to happen to get to where I'm at now starts with that. It's pretty fucking wild to kind of think. Yeah. About. What would you say like some of your biggest opportunities since you've moved? And it doesn't have to mean like money related. Uh, it could be like networking and that kind of thing. So like, I'll, I'll stick with the Reebok thing. <laughs> so... Reebok, um, in 2015, I got to go to the CrossFit Regionals, which was in Tacoma, Washington, and then I worked CrossFit Games in 2015. Uh, I met, I met a lot of people, like high up in Reebok. So, um, this one guy, the guy, he's like the big head on the show, and I'm, I'll, I'll loop this story around to this past week. Uh, Paul Froyo, I think it's Froyo is his name. He's like that's, the head on. That's frozen pudding, dude. <laughs> I um, that he actually so i when i was at the games I, my goal was to network like crazy i was just getting in the video at the time 
I wanted to meet a bunch of media guys, which I did. I wanted to meet a bunch of people high up in Reebok just to get my name out there. And uh, I met this dude. And they, so they have this uh, other branch from, of Reebok called Fit Hubs, right? They were experimenting with, which were more like CrossFit-based stores. And they had one opened up in Southern California. So here's this fucking head honcho. I'm talking to him. And I'm trying to sell him on the idea of bringing a Fit Hub to Scottsdale. <laughs> and he was just like, nah. Like, just shut me down like hardcore. But um, I, the funny thing is though, that was three years ago and he ended up being in a fucking elevator that I was in this past week. And I was like, Paul, he's like, yeah. And then he's like, Oh, I think I remember you. So he remembered me just from those three years ago and shit, you know, I should have tried to get a free pair of shoes, but I didn't think about it at the time. <laughs> yeah. Scumbag dude. Rather than like, yeah. Rather than embracing that awesome networking opportunity, you're trying to get some sneakers. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, they're fucking sh- they're they're just shit. It's kind of sucking now, but um. And I saw a couple people from from uh from you know those the times that I was at the games as well. But um, the the reason why and it, it's, it's crazy how everything is connected, right? So when I first started at Reebok, I met a guy who had this uh company called Rush Club, which was basically it takes functional fitness athletes like CrossFit athletes and it puts them head to head in competition. So it was another competition, uh, based. It's like the UFC of CrossFit. Pretty much, pretty much. So that was my first, the owner is in my store. I saw him a pair of shoes I'm talking to him. I'm like, Oh shit. I had never been to a show at this point. Go to, they had one coming up. I went to it and, uh, got connected with him. And that's how I got, eventually got brought on to do video help. Uh, they had like an assistant or the, I was basically an assistant, uh, uh, to the video production guy, the main guy, assistant yeah. to the regional manager, <laughs> whatever. But uh, he, uh, <laughs> he, I thought I'd learn a lot there, and I, I mean, I kind of did, but I kind of didn't. Like I thought I had a mentor there, but not, not really. But the good thing that that Rush Club did was it connected me to other people, right? Um, one of them being the head judge, which his name is Michael Anders. He owns the gym I go to now, and. Uh, when I moved to when I moved in with with Drew last year, I sent him a random message because I didn't know that was his gym and I didn't even know him that well. But I was like, all right, I haven't been able to work out in a while. What am I going to do? I have some video skill. I need to create, you know, more videos. So I sent him a message. I was like, hey, you know, I, I know you from Rush Club. I do this. You know, can we can we work out a deal? So we did. And never never since then, but what a little over a year ago, I've been making videos out of that gym, and he's the reason why I got to go to the games because he's. Uh, they got a successful podcast that's kind of like it's a mindset business podcast called Feed Me Feel Me, and they uh, are starting to get pretty big. I mean, they they're on what's called the Shrug Collective, which is a uh, it's kind of like a the like the the head like fitness podcasting. Uh, help me out. What am I thinking of? Like the like I have no idea. Like if you're in the fitness world, like you, you've heard of Barbell Shrug most likely, right? And they have a collective where they add people to it and they're on there now. And now that they've been on there, I mean, they're getting like 50,000 views an episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's I, why we were out, out at the CrossFit Games last week and I was doing all their video work and meeting all, meeting all these dudes. So like everything that I'm trying to connect here with doing a shitty job of doing it is, uh, is, is connected. And like you don't think about it in the moment, but like looking back, you're like, holy shit, like if that wouldn't have happened. That probably wouldn't have been here. Yeah. I want to mention one thing. Uh, or talk about one thing you mentioned uh, is about leveraging your skills. Like people think that they have to have money to, to gain things that they need. And, and you're able to leverage your video 
skills in order to work out for pretty much free, right? Like your, it covers your gym membership. Right, right, right. So that, that's, that's super important and people don't think like that. You know, there's something that you can offer somebody and, and, and an effort to get, you know, an added benefit for you as well with, without having to use money. You know, it could be a skill. I mean, I've, I've made some money off, off the videos I've done, but I mean, we're talking, I had to build a demo reel. So we're talking two and a half years of doing, doing projects for free is probably what I've been doing. So I've done right. a lot of free shit. I like, I like that though. The, what you said, Drew, about leveraging your skills. Cause it, it's not all, doesn't all have to be currency. You know, I, I hear, I, I have a skill set. I have a certain set of skills and it's <laughs> like, I, I can, yeah, I can, uh, I can use these anyway to further my career rather than just thinking, you know, oh, I'm broke, so I can't afford to gym pass. And I'd like to get to know this guy anyway. So you put that all together. It was like, this guy probably needs some video. I can do video. I need a gym pass. And you reached out. The other thing is there's a theme here of you reaching out to people that you aren't, I'll say aren't qualified to reach out to. You know what I mean? Like with the, with the Reebok guy, you're talking to him and you're pitching him on a Scottsdale thing. It's like, who the hell are you to tell this dude he needs <laughs> right, to open right. another store? But look, full circle, you run into him again. He remembers who you are. There's a connection there that should have never happened if it wasn't for you just capitalizing on, on that moment and not having a fear of being shut down. And then the same thing with this gym dude. You're like, let me, I'll send him a message, reach out to him. If you didn't send that message, you know, if you were afraid that he was going to tell you no or that wouldn't have worked out or he just thought you were a creep because you look stupid on Facebook, then, uh, you know, you would have never done that. And then fast forward, you wouldn't be a couple years later at the CrossFit games, recording their podcast. All these connections you're making are because of a couple moments where you were like, I'm not going to be afraid to fail. I'm just going to reach out and see what happens. Right. You know, the craziest thing too, I don't even know if I, I, well, Drew knows this, I think, but I didn't tell you. So I have like a vision board and I know you guys had an episode on that. They're talking about vision boards. Yep. I, most of the plate, most of the things on there are like locations, you know, traveling, that kind of thing. But, what I built this when me, Drew and I lived together about a year ago. And one of the things on there is like the CrossFit Games logo from 2017, but I, I put white out on the eight, made it the seven and eight, right? And I fucking no, with no idea of how that was going to happen. And uh, fucking, it just happened. You, know you I mean? manifested so, it, dude. Yeah, we we yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. that on the last episode. Yeah. That's awesome. There, there, well, there, and then there's like, there's a, I, I've been filming with these two cameras or GH4s, which is also on there. I don't own them, but like the fact that I have access to them, that's on there. And then podcasting's on there. So, you know, with the Bills Browns breakdown and then like what I was filming last week and then being on with you guys, like it's fucking weird, man. All that stuff's on your vision board. Yeah. That's awesome. You'll have to send a, is it still there? Yeah. You'll have to send us a picture of that. We can post it. Um, okay. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's we've been talking about manifesting for a couple episodes on here. And that means it's yeah. clear that you just did that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's weird because you're like, all right, well, I don't know how this is going to happen. And then you kind of forget about it, but really, um, you know, when it comes to manifestation, like, like the, the, you're, it's always happening whether you're aware of it or not. So it could be, ne- it could be something negative too. You know, it doesn't oh, yeah. have to be positive Go either way. Yeah. I want to point out real quick, Drew, before you, before you ask your question, the, you've been talking a lot about CrossFit and uh, people that, who are listening that don't know you. I, will, I just do want to point out, he's not a CrossFit competitor. He's built like a sloppy pumpkin. 
So uh, he clearly had the gym pass, but wasn't using it. So I'm not sure what he was really doing there. But uh, if you could picture like a pumpkin that nobody picked because it's like got wet and is like kind of folding over to the side and a little bit of it's collapsed in and it also has fat shoulders and a goofy voice. That's what Maxim looks like. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Drew. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, but I think um, in order to, to kind of summarize and wrap up, so out of Akron, you had a stable job. Things were going good, you know, financially for you. Uh, you, you gathered enough information that it's something that you, didn't, you, you did not want to pursue. It wasn't a long-term. Uh, so you gave up security to go back to school and, and play football, which is a passion of yours. Did that for some time. Then after, after college, you, just, you didn't have a career anymore. You didn't have anything, so you had to go. You, that's when you got into the bartending thing. Um, then you did that for what a couple years, and then you know it just felt kind of stagnant, like you wanted wanted more. And then that's when you made the leap to to Phoenix. So I think I think you're trending. I think what the story is here is is you're you're chasing your your true passion. You know you, you you're into fitness. You're into video. You're into um, you know, media production, all this, all this thing. And you're actually really good at it, man. I have to commend you for sure. I, you know, I see the work you do. Um, and, and, and along this whole path, you're, you're, you're gaining resources, you're gaining connections, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there. You, you're doing free, you know, free work in order to get, to gain, you know, a portfolio and, and, and build those relationships with people. And this is, you're in the part now where this is probably the hardest and maybe the lowest that it takes to, in order to climb the ladder and, and get where you ultimately want to go. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think, I think that's, that's the message here is you, you kind of got to just get after it and then it's going to be shitty. You're going to put yourself in low, low spots. You're going to have to do things that you necessarily don't want to do and you're going to struggle a little bit. But um, meanwhile, you're building, you know, a, a pretty solid foundation in, in order to, to continue to grow and towards the things that you're passionate about, which is really all that matters. Yeah. And And, what's, what's interesting. One of the things I I learned and you know, there's the owner of my gym uh, says this, he doesn't, he says he doesn't do business with uh, the pro. He doesn't care what the product is. He does business with, with people. mm -hmm. So if you're like a good dude, you know, and you have, you have a business, he'll, he'll probably work with you. But if you're just like a shitty person with the best product, not going to work with you. And I thought that was something like interesting. Yeah, that, that is cool. That holds true in the sales world, you know, in, in any category, really. Yep. And th- there's a theme for sure, bringing it all the way back around to um, fear setting and analyzing risk and, uh, and fear is, you know, just through this conversation, there's been probably seven moments that, that we've talked about throughout your journey so far where uh, rather than rather than letting the fear be bigger than it really is, you just went for it, knowing that absolute fail, critical fail is not really that bad. Whether it was making the move a couple different times, quitting a job that's making some good money, uh, pitching a store to some dude you shouldn't even be talking to, um, all these different things that you keep doing are because you're not letting that fear influence the fear of failure influence your decision making, which um, I really, I want people to get out of this. And I think is um, super, super important. 
Yeah. So, yes. oh, you if, got you, this. if you asked any um, successful, you know, business person, you know, the common quote is fail Austin, fail, <laughs> fail Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> 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 fail Austin. Oh, I keep saying it. Fail often, <laughs> fail fast. Stone Cold is a son of a bitch, man. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you ain't saying Stone Cold, you should be. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, that's, that's the, the trending path to the greater accomplishments is failing. Max, some parting thoughts. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, you guys are bringing up, you know, these times that I guess I conquered the fear or whatever, but like didn't really think about it. Cause I mean, there's still things right now with the video that, you know, I have thought about the, the fear aspect, you know, kind of like a roadblock that I'm not like in my own way of, you know what I mean? So it's like a never ending thing. Like there's always going to be things to like get over and, uh, you know, meeting a lot of these people last week that are, that were, that were big wigs, man. Like no matter what level you're on, like everybody fucking has it, you know? There, there's always going to be some kind of fear, some negative self-doubt in some some way. And uh, that, to me, was comforting because it's like, oh, because, you know, you look at someone with a, you know, with a, who's, you, you, you give power to, who you think successful, and you just think everything's perfect, but it's not the case. So, um, yeah, but like, you know, for me, it's actually good hearing you guys say that, you know, because I didn't, I don't think of it like that. I didn't think of it as conquering fears at all, really. You know what I mean? But reflecting back, I guess I guess it was. Are you crying? No. Okay, just checking. All right. How can uh, how can people reach you? How can they find you? Uh, see, I'm pretty active on Instagram. My main page is Justin Two Underscores Maxim, and then uh, my uh, media company is J Max Media LLC. And then I also have a podcast, which I'll be dropping an episode tomorrow. It's called the Bills Browns Breakdown. So if you're a Browns or Bills fans, which if you're listening to this, it's probably it's probably Browns. Not many Bills fans. That's just the second Nick that's on the show with me. Um, and yeah, tweet us at Bills Browns Pod yeah, at, at on Twitter and then Instagram same same name and then the Facebook page is Bills Browns Breakdown. Drew, what do you got? Yeah, the uh, eHarmony profile or. <laughs> I, uh, I, I kind of want to know though, Jimmy. What are you going to do to get over your fear of me being number one? I mean, you can't do anything, really. I don't think you're a little bitch, but number one at being a little bitch because you are. No, no and I, I don't fear that. I'm I'm number one on your list for your biggest fear. You make me <laughs> sick. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I'm afraid of being sick because you make me sick. <laughs> Drew, where can they find you? <laughs> Us. So mindset to Mike on uh, both Instagram and Facebook, and you can find me as Entrepreneur on Instagram. All right, man. Thanks. <laughs> same, uh, well, same here, obviously, for the mindset to Mike. I'm Jimmy Svikovich everywhere else. I swear I'll have a business page coming someday. Um, and thanks for joining us again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we're still getting more and more messages, more listens, which is pretty cool. We appreciate all you. This is our first attempt at having a guest on. Um, I think it went pretty well. We're learning There's still. Some, uh, technical difficulties with the recording uh, software we're using, but we kind of switched platforms mid episode. So hopefully uh, going forward, we won't experience that, but thanks for dealing with it. 
Yep, we're learning. Check it out. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Uh, we would like to have some more people on going forward that, that have some things to talk about that tie into the kind of things that we talk about. So um, hit us up if you have any ideas on things you want to talk, us, talk to us about, the Friday 15, all that. Uh, keep listening. Keep sharing. Keep commenting. We appreciate it. And until next time, grow your brain a little bit. That's it. Stay productive and get shit done.